We'll be streaming live soon. Good morning. For those of you that are with us in this every single morning, Monday through Friday's RBM teaching from Athens, Georgia, I want to thank you for you being with us. Those of you from uh, 50 old states, North Carolina, California, New York, and Oklahoma, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Arkansas, Arizona, Colorado, Kansas, Illinois, Idaho, and and so on, Texas and Oregon and Washington, Wyoming. We want you to know out of those 50 states, over uh, over uh, about 50 cities, if I'm not mistaken, that we look forward to be with you. Also, we have an audience that is overseas. We have people from uh, from uh, from China and from Brazil and from Israel. We want to welcome you and RBM and in the teaching this morning on the Day of Atonement. I hope that you've been enjoying this series. It's a difficult series to teach because it's so foreigner. You know, I talked to a lady that I was doing some teachings on Leviticus, and she said, yeah, she didn't like it. And, of course, my understanding of the cross has increased tremendously because I understand the mind of God as to why Leviticus preparing for the coming of Christ and for the work of the cross. Okay, good. Now, the word, the Day of Atonement, it is actually a a reckoning, a moment in which God is going to receive from the people forgiveness. He will, they will ask forgiveness for their sins. And, uh, And so let me read a little bit of the scriptures for you. It says, And the Lord spoke unto Moses, after the death of the two sons of Aaron, whom they offered before the Lord and died. And the Lord said unto Moses, Speak unto Aaron your brother, that he come not at all time into the holy place within the veil, before the mercy seat which is upon the ark, uh, that he may die, (coughs) but will appear in the cloud upon the mercy seat. So the appearance of God over the mercy seat, uh, give you an idea of the two angels that spread out their wings over uh, the Ark of the Covenant. And of course, uh, if it is the set date uh, in, in Leviticus 23, 27, and 28, it's, it's in the tenth day of the seventh month, which is July. So July the tenth in Exodus Chapter 30, verse 10. So on this occasion, every Israelite had to face God to seek forgiveness for their sins. It's a time in which you would eat, you fast, and you just uh, approach the Lord wherever you are in, in a position of humbleness and gentleness before God, asking for their sins. You're placing... Uh, so every, every, every year, God wiped the slate clean for the nation, placing a special burden on each individual to face up to his or her need of atonement. So the, all of this means several things. Number one, the tribes of Israel encamped around the enclosure, meaning the, tribe, the, tribe, the, the, the tribes of Israel would take around the tent of the meeting, 
and would put the tent of the media in the middle. But there was a group that stayed afar and were the Levites, the priests. They lived a little farther. And second, the men could come and enter the courtyard. Now remember there's a courtyard where the brazen altar is and the labors, the water containers for washing. And of course you come into the holy place and on the first veil, it's a better said first veil, and inside you have the three most important things to the Lord. The first one is the altar of incense. The side is the table of shoe bread, bread without yeast. And on the left is in Portuguese called candelabra. Or, or uh, another word for it is the, the candlesticks. You know, the twelve tribes of Israel and the oil lamps. It's a wonderful blessing. Now, the priests could not enter the holy place for the ministry except one time in the year. And this is important because, you see, one time meaning that Aaron, as the high priest, went in a couple of times. He went in, came out, and went in again. Meaning one time to deal with all that, that matters. Uh, also, only the high priest could enter the Holy of Holies. Being so, and to do so, he'll have to bathe himself and put on special garments. And so, uh, God wanted very much that his priests would be make him make them holy. Now, what do you mean by that? Could a priest make God holy? Well, if you go into the uh, the 10th chapter of Leviticus, verse 3, there's an interesting verse in this chapter that is worth reading. And it says, Then Moses said unto Aaron, This is it that the Lord spoke, saying, I will be sanctified in them who come near me. I will be sanctified in them who come near me. Meaning, that as you come to deal with your sins, you make God holy. And then, because you do that, before all the people, verse 3, chapter 10, I will be glorified. It's an interesting concept because as you come in the pureness of heart, as you come in the tenderness of heart, as you come confessing your sins before God, you make God holy. And it's a, it's a, it's a beautiful thing uh, in dealing with why did the two older sons of Aaron uh, had to be lost their lives because they brought strange fire. So, that's, a, that's just a note there. Now, what do they have to bring? Well, it's interesting. Let's note very quickly. A young bull for the sin offering. And notice the sin offering here is for Aaron. And a ram for the burnt offering. The burnt offering, the animal is burnt completely whole in, in the altar. It's for the high priest in his household. So the high priest, Aaron, then has to bring a bull and, the, and, and a ram for the burnt offering. The burnt offering is for the household. Now finally, for Israel, that's an interesting concept. Remember, the two birds... One, you cut the, the little neck of the bird and, and, and over running water, and then the other, you let it go. 
Uh, remember that concept? There's another concept coming up on the 16th chapter of uh, Leviticus. It says, Two goats for the sin offering and a ram for the burnt offering. Now, the high priest casts lot over the two goats. He, he would decide which one. Because one is to be sacrificed and the other is to be taken into the middle of the wilderness, maybe five kilometers or so away from all the tents and let him go. Carrying all the sins of Israel. And so symbolically, God is simply pointing toward the cross that Jesus took upon himself all our sins. <coughs> and as, and as he taken outside of the city to be crucified, he carried within himself the sins, not only of Israel, but the sins of the whole world. So the high priest had to follow this specific ritual. First, he took a censer. Remember, a censer is something as a container with a long pole that goes into the coals of the altar, under the brazen altar, and fill it with hot coals. Then he comes, this is before he enters now, he comes and takes finely ground incense. When you look at incense, myrrh and all of the four incenses that are there uh, uh, involved, tactor and, 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 and several, uh, several others, they come in the form of petrified glass. And when you put that petrified glass over the hot coals, on the altar of incense, white smoke would fill that area of the holy place in the holy of holies behind the veil. Meaning the smoke would be so so uh, so prevailing that the priest could not see where he was going. He had to fill himself in order to bring uh, the blood and sprinkle over the mercy seat. The mercy seat is, is actually uh, the word kapureth. K-O-K-A-P-P-O-R-E-T-H. It's a Hebrew word commonly translated atonement cover or mercy seat in Exodus 25 uh, 17. So he would simply just uh, fill the whole cloud Genesis 32.30 the priests would say they were afraid go into Genesis 32.30 and you have an idea of 32.30 uh, and I'll read it to you it's very quickly here it says this uh, and it came to pass on the morrow that Moses said unto the people you have sinned a great sin and now I will go up unto the Lord for adventure I shall make an atonement for your sin Meaning, uh, 32. And yet, uh, if I for, if, in other words, he's afraid. Uh, 30, Exodus 32, 30. Let's see. Am I, did he get it right? Uh, meaning, he's afraid because priests would die as the high priest would go inside of the Holy of Holies place where the Ark of the Covenant was. And, uh, and so, and he would sprinkle blood on the Ark of the Covenant. So first the incense, it filled the whole place, 
and he wouldn't be seen clearly or couldn't see because see, God is about to reveal his presence in the Ark of the Covenant in the cloud above the Holy of Holies. So the cover of the Ark of the Covenant, it's, 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 it's a holy thing because the blood of the animal is sprinkled upon it. The site where God's presence was directly manifested needed to be obscured by a cloud of the incense. The lid of the Ark of the Covenant was, was uh, where the blood would be poured in, on the mercy sheet. So two things I want you to understand. Because it will help you to understand the cross. Okay? The first thing is the purifying the sanctuary and eliminating sins that cause impurity and offended God. And so the idea of anointing the, the holy place uh, to consecrate the priests, now it is consecrated and anointed with blood. People sort of uh, resent that. It's too much blood. I don't understand. Why should the blood be poor? Because the blood here symbolizes the blood of Christ. See, we don't want to deal with the blood of, the, of Christ. I, I work in overseas countries. And every time I find a demon somewhere that is expressing himself and making a mockery of the worship service, all you have to do is to mention the blood of Christ and that person flat on the ground and, uh, and operative for a while. And so, you need to know that God considered the Ark of the Covenant. What is the Ark of the Covenant? Well, the law. The, the, the two tablets of the law. It wasn't the Ark of the Covenant. Uh, uh, manna, God's sign of provision during the 40 years in the desert. God provided meat and provided bread. And the rod of Aaron, which in, in Israel was the focal point to deliver the people of God from, from, from Egypt and from Pharaoh. Those three things are holy to God. You probably say, well, it's not holy to me. But it's holy to God. He makes it holy. And so, the altar of our churches, the place where we call holy of holies, where, the, where is divided between the holy place and the holy of holies, uh, the, the, the altar, the rail in most churches where we kneel and take communion uh, to God, that area is still holy. It is holy for us and holy for a lot of people. And I want you to know that when you come to God in the church, you have to understand that you are in the presence of God. Just as the people did and the priests did on the atonement day once a year, tenth of a, uh, the tenth of the month of, a, of a July was the day when atonement took place as they did that. Now, let's move on a little more, a little deeper. The next thing that happened, he slaughtered the bull for his own sin. And so the priest is essentially supposed to take communion first. I don't know if that's the case, but, but, but Jesus took communion. He showed them how to do it. He broke the bread. He left the ritual that was normal in a, in a, in a Passover. And he took the bread and he broke the bread. And so the priest 
is always to break the bread and take the cup before he serves the congregation. Because the priest is unclean when he himself does not confess first. Now that's in the days of Moses and Aaron. But I wonder today if that's not something that should be considered. So if you are a priest of all these states that are listening to us from California uh, to the northeast and northwest and the middle of the country in Texas, everywhere, people are tuning in to RBM and listening. I want you to know that if you are a priest of the Lord, you take communion first. He caught the blood with the help of other priests because, you see, to deal with a big bull, a big animal, a thousand pound animal, two thousand pound animal, <clears throat> to make an incision in his neck on an artery and to collect that blood, it took the help of several people. So he caught the blood with the help of other priests, then returned to the Holy of Holies and offered the sprinkling seven times before the mercy seat. Why sprinkling four, seven times? Meaning the, the, the symbol of perfection. Saying to God, Oh, Father God, here's, here's the blood of an animal that is now carrying our sins. We put our sins upon the holy place. Uh, and we confess to you our sins, God. Forgive Israel. Forgive their sins. Forgive the priest's sin. See, all, all of us are priests. And all of us sin before God. And so I'm saying to you that uh, he goes outside again. And the priest then slaughters the goat for the sin offering. And of course the sin offering... Uh, is uh, the blood is sprinkled again in the same way as the bull for the sins of his household. <clears throat> you probably ask me, why? Why in the world would a priest confess to God the sins of his family? Why? Is that necessary? Well, I would. Because we are approaching a holy God. He's still holy. I don't know what I've done if it wasn't for His mercy, His tenderness. I'd be burned to crisp. And so I'm trying to learn how to please God. I'm 78 years of age, and I am discovering through Leviticus that I want to do things different. So I must take communion first. I must ask forgiveness for the sins of my family, that God will cover all of them. And then, <coughs> I plead the blood of Jesus Christ over my life and the life of my family. So, twice he goes into the Holy of Holies. One to bring the blood of the bull, the other brings the bull of the goat. He possibly also sprinkled blood in the holy place where the altar of incense stood. Why why the altar of incense be sprinkled with blood? Because it symbolizes the prayers of the people of God. And so on this day, the holy day of the atonement, the high priest cleansed the holy of holies in the entire sanctuary. What do you mean cleansed? Clean. Clean. After so much blood spilled, they had to take utensils and take special cloth 
and clean every part of the Ark of the Covenant, in the floor, in the in the in the the, the cover, the seat, on the lamps. It was a day to begin again for the first time. Notice that the priest didn't go inside of the Holy of Holies once a year. It collect dust, collect dirt. But the high priest cleaned. Notice that it says the high priest, nobody else. And so Aaron had a long day on the 10th of July. A long day. And he cleaned the whole entire tabernacle, not only for himself, but also for Israel. Then the next thing he does, he exits the tabernacle, takes some of the blood of the bull and the goat, and he puts on the horns of the altar of the burnt offering, which is the brazen altar. The brazen altar is a large altar, I told you, 30 by 40 feet long. And there's different temperatures, and there's horns on the corners. And, and there are four, two bulls, uh, the size uh, made of bronze, under the, the, the east, the, the north and the south, the east and the west. These bulls held the bronze altar, the brazen altar, so to speak, brazen altar. And, uh, and so uh, the priest would sprinkle on the horns of the altar outside of the sanctuary and sprinkle seven times to consecrate it from the sins of all the people. Notice that, that the cleansing was necessary. So much blood everywhere. Now, you probably... Feels like uh, Rick, I, Pastor Rick, I've, uh, I don't feel too comfortable with blood. When I see blood, I just uh, get sick in my stomach. But you see, when you see blood representing the presence of God, representing the forgiveness of God, representing the cleansing of God, things change. Let me tell you this, the glory of God wasn't what caused all of this. What caused all of this is the righteousness of Christ. The glory of Christ might be understood by you as something special. But what's special about Jesus is His righteousness, His purity, His holiness. The glory is good to see. It's amazing. It shows the colors, the embers, the thunder above the Holy of Holies. In the desert, imagine in the desert, in the middle of the night, in the middle of the day, that when God is about to reveal Himself to them on the on the on the on the day of the tournament, that that uh, it was splendor. What made God show up wasn't His glory; it was His righteousness. And so Jesus on the cross is righteous. His righteousness causes you to be forgiven of all your sins. If we confess our sins, He's just and faithful to forgive our sins and cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And so in the name of Jesus, if you confess right now, you are cleansed, you are redeemed, you are completely forgiven of all your sins. Now, the next thing that happened was one, one goat was then killed in the blood sprinkle. The other goat was next was brought to the high priest. And he prayed over it for all behalf of all Israel. The scapegoat was then uh, driven 
taken by someone into the wilderness, far away from wherever they, they were, for miles on end, carrying the sin symbolically of the nation. The high priest then took his, off his linen garment, bathed in a holy place. Now, the lavens, you know, I talk about laven. The lavens is this large, several, there were eight or nine or ten of them around the brazen altar, about across five feet to ten, to ten feet in, di- in diameter. They were round, filled with water. Many, many years ago, I've decided that I needed to begin sprinkling water upon the people of God. And I did. I sprinkled water everywhere. Everywhere. It was an amazing thing. God told me to do that and a lot of people laughed at me and ridiculed me because I did that. Well, you know you know me. I'm not going to be pleasing everybody. I'm not going to be in no shape or form trying to please man. And I began pouring bottles of water everywhere on people right in front of my face. It was a sign that the Lord wants to have the church washed and cleansed and renewed uh, 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 before God. God was saying, I want you to be sanctified and to be holy before my presence. And so, and so the scapegoat was then driven into the wilderness, symbolically taking away the sins of the whole nation of Israel. The priest would take the high, uh, the, the linens uh, in the holy place, put on the regular garments of the priesthood, sacrifice the rams on the burn, burn offering for himself and for the people, indicating symbolically that he had dedicated his life to God. So the person who led the goat into the wilderness had to wash their clothes before he came back, bathe himself before he entered the camp. He too had become sin, had to be guided. Now when Jesus took the cross in that that unbelievable morning in Jerusalem, he took the cross halfway to Calvary. A man came to help him. Joseph of Arimathea. And took the cross, which is the actual uh, 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 being that went into the earth. The cross is made out of two places. One straight up, the other one horizontal. The being that he carries, the one that is horizontal. It was a heavy piece of wood. So much so that someone who spent the night in Caiaphas' house and was critically, critically hurt uh, uh, then did something very special. He simply uh, took the cross upon himself so Jesus could make it all the way to Calvary. And there he was crucified for our sins. He took upon himself the sins of the whole world. Now you understand the mind of God. Now you understand that God always will find a way to impress you. Now why all the rituals? People say, why all the rituals? Well, I tell you, we're taking communion today to remember 
the death and the resurrection of Christ and His blood shed on Calvary. And, uh, and uh, we stop uh, having the priest to take communion. And I tell you this, the priest is the first one to take communion. So I want to pray with you because you you understanding how God tried to teach the Israelites after 400 years of slavery, hard, tough, bitter, angry people. So much anger and so much bitterness in them that all the three million, only two families were saved, Caleb and Joshua's family, which were in the thousands, by the way. They weren't just a family of 50 or 100. They were in the thousands, a large family, Joshua and Caleb. But the rest of all of them passed away. God is trying to teach them that He is holy. Like I'm trying to teach you today that God is holy. When you go to church, remember He is holy. Kneel before Him. You are in the presence of God. Don't just sit down and gab for 5, 10, 20, or 30 minutes as if somehow God's not in presence. The house of God is a holy place. I'm trying to tell you that they died because they would not take it understood. But I hope you did today. The Lord bless you and keep you and minister to you. This is Rick Bonfim in Athens, Georgia. I hope that you stay with me this whole week as I'll be teaching. In Jesus' mighty name I pray and I believe. Hey, hey, hey.